This is an ABC podcast. This has to be one of the most beguiling sounds in the outback. Hello, Anne Jones with you on Off Track, your nature show from the ABC. And we've got a full episode of amazing sounds from the audience for you, including this one, sent in from Andrew. We were fortunate enough to be able to go on a camping trip up the eastern edge of the Western Australian Wheat Belt. And one of the highlights was camping at Hamlin Station, which is right next to Hamlin Pool at the bottom end of Shark Bay. And I was particularly excited because this is a bit of a stronghold of the Chiming Wedge Bill. However, after about three days of Chiming Wedge Bill, it starts to get to you a bit. We do have our fair share of animals that just go on and on and on in Australia, like this one, sent in from Avril, who lives near Kingaroy in Queensland. Daniela Texera and I research cockatoo vocalisations. Cockatoos like this will often group together in the late afternoons and early evenings as they travel on to their roost sites. So often you'll have family groups or, you know, larger social groups will split apart during the day to feed and then in the late afternoons and early evenings they will come together and travel across the landscape and roost together. Cockatoos, as we know, are really noisy and they will tend to continuously call to maintain contact with their family members. So especially when they're in really large flocks, they need to maintain knowledge of who's who and and who is where. And so often these birds will continue to call to each other, particularly if they have a fledgling um, who might be more vulnerable. They'll need to just keep in touch because they actually can recognise each other individually by their calls. So that's pretty cool. Yes, so thank you so much for sending me this clip. It brings me a lot of joy. Bruce went for a bushwalk just north of Sydney. I'm fairly certain I'm at what's known as Pindar Lookout, looking over the Hawkesbury River. But around here is this thing that's like a butterfly, but it actually makes a noise. And it reminds me of the the thing in Harry Potter that they played Quidditch with, if that makes sense. Because it flies around making this weird ass noise. So I'm just gonna put 
was it. It moves so quick, I can't really see what it looks like, but it looks kind of like a butterfly. It's got black and a very pale green that borders on cream uh, on its wings. And it flies in a very manic, very erratic fashion. And uh, it's flown off now. But anyway, yeah, hope you could hear it. Dr. Lindsay Popple is mostly into cicadas, but he could actually identify this weird flying creature. From time to time, I hear this call when I'm out in the field looking for cicadas. It's quite familiar to me. It's made by a male whistling moth, Hecatesia species. I find the sound immediately attention-grabbing to the point where I feel compelled to track down the individual that's making the sound. And what I find is a moth flying in circles or in a kind of figure of eight pattern as it makes the sound. It's a truly fascinating sound, and I think it's wonderful that the recordist has taken the opportunity to capture it and share it with us today. Anyway, back to Bruce's bushwalk. So I finally made it to Pindar Cave. Uh, It's November. We've had quite a lot of rainfall over the last few weeks. And as you can hear, there's quite a bit of water dripping off the roof of the cave down onto the rocks below. So I'm just going to record a couple of minutes of this. If you're in the bush, why not record some sounds, narrate what you're hearing, maybe ask us a question, and then send it in to us to play on the radio. Off track at abc.net.au. Nick sent in this sound from Chinchilla in Queensland. And on his email, he actually had named the sound file Beatboxing Frogs. And I agree entirely, Nick. But let's get someone who knows a bit more about what they're talking about to unpick it for us. Here's Dr Ed Mayer, who is a consultant ecologist and a member of the Queensland Frog Society. What you can hear in this recording is a chorus comprising three native frog species. The green tree frog, Latoria cerulea, which is making the call. 
The ornate burrowing frog, Platyplectrum ornatum, which is making the oosh, 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 oosh call. And the salmon stripe frog, Limnodynastes salmoni, which is making the walk, 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 call. These three species can be found calling in areas of shallow ponding water in inland southern Queensland, northern New South Wales and central New South Wales after heavy spring and summer rain. Richard sent in this pure and delightful recording of a teenage magpie from the back step. From one gorgeous recording to another. This one by Isabel in the New England National Park in New South Wales. Isabel, here's what Dr Jody Rowley of the Frog ID Project at the Australian Museum has to say. That rather magical, mysterious noise is the call of a male sphagnum frog, Floria sphagnicola. 
they're actually pretty rarely heard. They tend to call in spring and summer, sometimes during the day even, but from underneath boulders in sphagnum moss or in sort of wet leaf litter in some incredibly rugged parts of the New England tablelands of New South Wales, like New England National Park. They're about four centimetres in body length. They're usually a chocolatey colour or a bit of a coppery colour with a stripe running down the side of their face, a darker stripe, but they're very rarely seen. And it is important not to disturb these guys and try and see them as well and just record their beautiful call because they tend to call from burrows. And so if you try and find the little frogs, then you will disturb their habitat. A lovely noise. Thank you, Isabel. And side note, Charles, who sent this sound in from Ebor, I think you've got the same species there, a sphagnum frog. They sound like a marble being dropped into a lunchbox. Excellent fly, too. Can't identify it for you. Sorry, Charles. Greg Bailey from Sydney actually got a recording of something a bit magical on Christmas Day, just gone. He said it was around midnight and he was in the bathroom getting ready for bed and he heard this weird whistling noise outside. This is a very, very exciting sound. And so I sent it off to Beth Mott from BirdLife Australia to make sure it's what I think it is. Hello, Greg. Thank you so much for sending in that fantastic recording of your nighttime noise around your place. And I'm really, really happy to be able to tell you that what you're hearing there is actually a powerful owl juvenile. That noise that you're hearing is actually what we call a trilling call. So many of our large forest owl young make this kind of trilling noise and it's quite different to the adult noise. So for powerful owl, we'd be looking for a double hoot call at the adult. Something like, ooh, ooh. Like this one from Alison on the Gold Coast. But chicks make that really delightful trilling noise that you've recorded and it's quite a different sound and that's the sound of the babies begging for food. So powerful owl are a fantastic species to have at your place because they're a threatened species and because it's really exciting that we're seeing threatened species do quite well in the urban space. We're really lucky that in the Sydney Basin particularly and also in some of the patches of Brisbane and Melbourne, we're finding that powerful owl are moving out of the forested areas and that can actually breed right inside the urban space and that's what you've recorded here. I guess one of the fantastic things about this recording is that powerful owl are real creatures of habit and they have a really long lifespan. Um, what keeps them in place is the fact that there's something for them to breed in. So what they need is a really large tree hollow. Well, it'll be usually a tree that's over 100, 150 years old to be big enough to support powerful owl breeding. And these trees are very, very uncommon in the landscape. When powerful owls find one, they try to stick to them. And that means that we see breeding happening in the same places over and over again. And because they might live for up to 30 years or so, it might be that you're hearing the same powerful owls calling at your place. You might be lucky enough if you listen out around August or September this year to hear another powerful owl chick calling at the back of your place. 
So we know the population of powerful owls is in decline. Our estimates of how many there actually are left sit somewhere around 8,000 individuals for the whole population, and that is all the way from Mackay along the east coast of Australia down to the border of South Australia. So we know that we're looking at a species that there are not many of left, and of course taking care of the ones that we do know about becomes really important, and we're really lucky to have those species do so well in our own backyards in the urban space. One of the other things that's been really exciting about the stuff that we've learned from people sending in recordings is that barking owls, which are another of our threatened large forest owls, are actually also starting to move into the urban space. And particularly in places around Victoria, they're turning up in quite a few spots where we wouldn't expect them to be. Barking owl chicks make a trilling call as well, much like a powerful owl chick, but the sound of it is a little bit different. So have a listen to this one. Understanding where barking owl chicks occur is really important because these species are perhaps in more trouble than powerful owl are. And in fact, we know that for all of our large forest owls that are threatened, so greater sooty owls, barking owls and powerful owls, we lost more than 30% of the total area of their habitat through the big fires that we had last Christmas. So really understanding how well they do in the urban space and making sure that we spend a lot of time working hard to protect those things in the urban space that they need are incredibly important and a way that we'll actually keep these species with us. Get involved with the Powerful Owl Project by volunteering to monitor or submitting your recordings. The Powerful Owl Project is run by BirdLife Australia and it's really easy to find online and we'll put some links up on Off Track as well. And Greg in Sydney isn't the only one hearing powerful owl chicks. Calvin in Berry, New South Wales, recorded this one. And if you need a bit of a reminder as to what the adults sound like, here's a recording from Josephine in Wallaga Lake, New South Wales. And this one from Lee in Ballingen. So you hear that funny rhythm, the woo, woo. Not like a boo book that goes boop, boop. Like in this recording from Mark. Or the ruff, ruff of a barking owl. It's woo, woo. That's a powerful owl. Sort of a little bit like an ironically excited teenager. Woo, woo. And if you're wondering what the powerful owl might be around your suburb for, Harry in Melbourne recorded one of the reasons. It's a ringtail possum with its jittering, high-pitched neigh. And of course, they might eat the brush-tail possum as well, like this one from Erin in Nutterwadding. Yep, so if you hear a sound in the middle of the night that's a little bit like a sneeze, growl, throat-clearing, phlegmy grunt, that's probably a brush-tail possum. And why are there possums in your suburb? 
Ah, well, here's another recording from Lee in Balogen, and it's a possum eating one of their apples. Crunch, crunch. Right, on to other mammals in Australia. These ones a little harder to actually hear in everyday life. I'm Peter Beeman. My research is about tracking humpback whales as they migrate up and down the East Australian coast. To do this, I identify individual whales from photos using the pattern and shape of their tail flute. Most of these photos are sent to me by wonderful passengers and crew on whale watch trips. Early in my research, I was lucky enough to spend a week in Harvey Bay with the Oceania Whale Research Project. And there I learned how to use a hydrophone to record whale song. My first recording was made just before sunrise on a beautiful calm morning. And while I was sitting there, I saw a dugong in the distance, a pot of dolphins, a turtle floated past and some whales breached on the horizon. It was an amazing experience and the recording turned out to be rich with whale song too. like squeaky gates in the wind. Wherever you are, whether you hear some nature noise that's a little bit of a mystery or something that you might think is mundane but that we'll enjoy, record the sound on your phone and do it as long as possible and send it in to me at Off Track. We love listening and also playing these sounds to the world so that they can love nature just as much as you do. The email address is easy, offtrack at abc.net.au. That's offtrack 
at abc.net.au. I'm Ann Jones, and remember, meet me here at the same time next time, because that's when I'll take you and your ears somewhere else. listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.